0: So what would you say are the and I'll pick a number, two, three, four important or main things that would determine the success of an entrepreneur in terms of qualities, knowledge, training, mm-hmm. a, a, any of those type categories. What do you feel like are the three three or so? you know, pick pick the number you want to do, success factors?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. N- number one has got to be tenacity. Number one has to be, This tenacity slash self-confidence slash never give up attitude with, and that has to be rooted in some higher why it really does. That's the only way to, to have kind of this tenacious attitude of, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to figure it out. And I don't care how many times I'm going to get punched in the face. I'm going to keep trying. So that's, that's number one.
0: Yeah. Fall Um, off your horse and get back up again.
1: Because it's going to happen. You're not you people,
0: stop trying, right?
1: Exactly. Yep. You ha- exactly. You haven't failed until you quit. So, so that's gotta be number one. Number two, I think would be, you know, and, and it, after that, everything else seems so less, so much less important, but number two would probably be, you know, this, this, this desire to change and evolve, being okay with um, being wrong. and and just figuring things out.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching
2: services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, Your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife Megan.
0: Together Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved.
2: We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today.
0: Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. My name is Andy McDowell, one of the co-hosts on the show. Unfortunately, my other co-host, Zach Levy, couldn't join us today. But I'm excited about today's show because we have a guest coming on that I want to tell you about. I had the opportunity to be on his podcast a couple of weeks ago and the, the episode just released today, the day that we're recording this. So I hope you'll pop over to it. We'll let him talk about his podcast and his goals and his platform relative to that. But his name is Alan Draper and Alan is a serial entrepreneur, investor, business growth expert, attorney, and host of the successful podcast, The Business Growth Pod. He specializes in scaling businesses and helping entrepreneurs transform an idea into a thriving business. Through a dedicated approach to business analysis, Alan has contributed to the growth and development of startups in a variety of industries, transforming them into multimillion dollar enterprises. He has an interesting background in education, uh, normally I'd read it out, but I think I want to open up the question or the opening question in those regards because you've had a quite a storied Approach how you became an entrepreneur and your path to to get there through your education. So you've had the bug since you were a young age. Can you take us yeah. through the process of your schooling, jumping from psychology to law and those type things? And was that your set plan, or did you sort of evolve it as you were going along?
1: Yeah, no, I you know when I was doing my undergrad, I there were so many topics that interest. That interested me. Even to this day, I'm I'm always trying to learn about new things. I recently launched a digital marketing agency, and I'd never really been in the digital field, and so I'm I'm continuing to learn. Nowadays, I'm I'm learning more through uh, entrepreneurship than through books or classes. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard knocks, um, as
0: they say, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so that's kind of where those things came from. I ended up with three minors of philosophy, chemistry, and Spanish. And one day I got called into my my counselor's office, my guidance counselor. And he said, you got to get out of here, man. You're taking somebody's spot. <laughs> and I, you know, if it were up to me, I would be a lifelong student. And I consider, I consider myself as such, just kind of now it's nice because the money's coming in a different direction, <laughs> coming in instead of going out.
0: Right. 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 And so what 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 interests you about law? I mean, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs come through the legal system per se, whether it just be education or actually in the courts and so forth. Did you have that in mind when you're going to be an entrepreneur or or saw the benefit of that and decide to go after it? Yeah, I think so to some
1: extent. I I like the the linear thinking kind of the logical aspect of it i thought you know i would eventually have my own firm which i probably will still someday i'm i'm still a licensed attorney i don't practice anymore very much i do some pro bono work but that's kind of how i was i was looking at it and then i got into the law i practiced commercial litigation and so if something came across my desk what it usually meant is something didn't go right in business. Partners were fighting, a contract was breached. You know, there were issues about somebody not being paid and it really changed my thinking. And I didn't like it because it just felt so negative Mm -hmm. um, toward business at least. Because I didn't, you know, there's transactional attorneys that are involved in the early stages where they're helping companies draft agreements or, or whatever the case may be but i was only involved when something went wrong and so it started to me to seem that you know business was you know it was so hard to make work which it is but it just made it seem impossible and i didn't like the way that that commercial litigation was making me view the world and view business and so i decided to you know take take the leap and and start my first
0: yeah so i had i had a common experience like that too but it was in the form of patents so I'm co-author on two patents, obviously Boeing awesome. owns them now, but we took the stance that we wanted to do the patents to make sure we were not locked out of the business. We we had no desire to actually enforce them. We had an experience where, where a competitor locked us out of a potential business and we thought that was bad for the industry. So we we took the approach and Everybody was is used to that from patents. You're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to exactly earn the incomes. It's it's more of an offensive strategy, if you will, and defensive strategy of mm-hmm. patents. Exactly. I mean, we had people bad mouthing us and in, in in me personally and my co-author um, about it without ever picking up the phone and trying to understand what we were trying to accomplish and so forth. Mm. So, it, when it comes to the law, of which patents is part of it, there is one. There there are both sides. And Absolutely. If, if it all leans towards towards one side, I could see where you might have that that feeling or that environment, so to speak, to go. I don't want any part of this.
1: Yeah, and I actually, you know, I didn't mind practicing law. A lot of times, people ask me, you know, did you not? What didn't you like about it? And it, it wasn't necessarily that. It, you know, I've wanted to be an entrepreneur and start businesses since I was young. And, you know, I took a unconventional path, a non-traditional path, but I think we all do to some extent. I think we all have, entrepreneurs just have unique stories and, and I think I was no, no different, just took me through, through the law. And a lot of what I learned in law school and practicing law, I'm able to use my organizational and writing and thought process skills come in, you know. Coming quite useful. Another thing that law school did for me, and t- and taking and passing the bar under some um, pretty difficult situations, those uh, difficult scenarios. My my wife was pregnant with our first, and very 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 sick, and you know just up to a couple of weeks before I took the bar exam, and oh, I, you know I passed it the first time, which you know I believe in miracles because of that. But it gave me this practicing law gave me this confidence. That I'm sure I could have obtained somewhere else but I don't know where or how and I'm glad you know for the path that I took but it comes in very handy in business because in business you get beat down um, especially yeah and, and startups are my specialty that's where I focus my podcast that's where I focus a lot of my consulting and, and I invest a lot in early early businesses my it's it's one of my strengths. But man, those first couple of years are tough. And so going through that legal process, going through law school and stuff really helped me develop that confidence.
0: Yeah, even though I was a, a business leader within Boeing, I think I spent at least 25% of my time with contracts, you know, as a leader of the business. And yep. you know, Boeing has a lot to protect because of the nature of the size oh, of yeah. the company and the rule of law. Was a huge issue. And we we were in my business, we were dealing with governments and some governments are like, it has to be in our rule of law or nothing. That's just the way our laws are written that we can't do. Yep. And we, and we lost a ton of business because of that. I don't I don't have a legal background, but I, I learned my fire.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Sitting down with corporate attorneys trying to understand it. And some corporate attorneys are better at trying to find solutions as opposed to just nope, 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 nope. Can't do it. You know, just a bunch exactly. of negative. So change the subject. Did you have somebody that helped you along the way? A mentor, a coach, another business owner, your father, somebody that sort of helped you or guided you or planted some seeds in your head as you were going through that process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I don't have, you know, that that one person that you know, did it, did it all for me. I do have some people, you know, there's, there's a mentor that I have very successful businessman that's kind of taken me under his wing mm. without really knowing it, you know, in, in my early twenties, he was, you, you know, there for me. And I was just kind of watching and I watched how he handled himself and some things he did, but, you know, it's, I, I sought out any mentorship that I had, and it was mostly through, through reading and listening to podcasts, watching videos, just trying to absorb as much information as I can. And the most valuable guidance that I received was in the form of motivation. And that's what I try to be for people, especially again, in that early, you know, the startup phase, because people think it's going to be, you know, money's just, people are just going to, you know, just start handing you money if you open a business. And that is not the case and motivation, you really have to dig deep sometimes. So my, my mentors came mostly in that form, but I've also had very supportive friends and family around me, encouraging me. And, and that means a lot.
0: So this may come up in a, in a question I have later on in the episode, but for me, it almost comes down to whether a person has a, a nature of curiosity in their life, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like you I've picked up a number of things in my own I've learned to play the guitar myself. I haven't had very much in terms of singing lessons you know it's all been like like you said reading books, podcasts, documentaries, TV shows, any kind of piece of information I can get my hands on to try and learn mm-hmm. things and just have that sense of curiosity. so I think that's awesome.
1: yeah and entrepreneurs we are a unique group because our curiosity and our drive outweigh risk. And there's a lot of people that they they won't do things that they're okay doing, working the nine to five for somebody else. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's their personality type. But that curiosity um, and that willingness to look at, hey, when I start this thing, I'm not gonna have it all figured out. But as I have a question, as I get to a roadblock or a hurdle, that curiosity is going to drive me to go find the solution. I think that's what separates entrepreneurs from from others and especially entrepreneurs that make it from those that end up quitting.
0: Yeah, and I think it naturally leads into my next question because you you and I are big Simon Sinek fans. Huge. Mm -hmm. And so my next question to you is, what do you feel like is your why in life? You know, why is a big... (laughs) Part of that work, curiosity, and so forth. Do you feel like someone who's starting a business needs to understand their why before they before they jump on that journey called entrepreneurship?
1: Yeah. To answer that second question, absolutely. And the, then the thing is, is when people start businesses, they're so they have so much going on between finances and insurance and employees and finding customers and a building and getting the right technology and systems in place. There's so much going on that what i notice is a lot of businesses don't put finding their purpose or finding their why and identifying it and talking about it early on they they don't do that and and if and to be honest it took me a while to come along with that you know with that idea and that concept mm-hmm. but if they did they would it makes things so much easier it makes It answers so many questions because what happens is when you start a business, you'll come to a crossroads and you're like, man, should I go with this company or should I go with that company? Should I, you know, go after this audience or should I go after that? Should I charge this or should I charge that? Should I hire this person or should I hire that person? And if you have your purpose in place, what that does for you is it gives you a roadmap. And still to this day, like I I will make decisions about companies that I'm starting or that are even several years down the down the road, and I'll say, okay, right in the middle of making this big decision, where are we going to invest this money, or what are we going to do with with marketing for next year? I'll pull back for a little bit, and a lot of times this sounds cheesy to people. You know, they're like, no, 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 let's just talk about marketing, and I'm like, no, let's talk about why we are doing this in the first place, mm-hmm. because if we start there, then It makes our path a lot more clear. It doesn't make it perfectly clear, right? right? It doesn't answer everything, but it helps so much. And not only that, it also, it helps us identify our motivation because starting a business out of all the challenges that I've had, which are probably not unique. A lot of people have difficulty in life and it's just part of the human experience, but understanding my why Is the best thing about it is the motivation that that it that it brings. In one of his books, Simon Sinek says something about how I think he's quoting Viktor Frankl, and he says some if if you have a strong enough enough why, you can figure out any how, right? If your why and your purpose is strong enough, you'll figure out the solution. You'll figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And and so you know, for me, you ask you know what's what's my why and you know, in, in business. And I think it comes down to, I I love to build. I love the process of creation. I love the process of creating jobs that people can be proud of. Mm -hmm. I love the process of creating businesses that people want to be associated with. We've seen it over the last year to this concept of, you know, borderline chaos and destruction. And that's, that's the natural state of things. Things naturally get messier or older or they fall apart. That's how things naturally happen. And so my one of my whys is that I wanted to reverse that. I wanted to do the hard things and build people up and build companies and create jobs when the opposite is more natural, you know result of things.
0: Yeah, I, I always push back, and I get a kick out of uh, people that say they aren't creative, and, and I and I sort of call them on it. Say that's a bunch of uh, BS because you 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 are creating your day every day, every single minute, every single hour of your day. You are creating. You are making decisions about what you're doing, even if that means, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to the refrigerator and find something to eat and have some kind right. of eating experience, right? You're you're creating it. And, and that's how value gets created, it gets built or found in the world is through a creation process. So by you know I'm of the feeling that human beings by nature are natively creative. It's a question of whether are you going to tap into that? Do you have the wherewithal to Face judgment and shame and other things that people may not feel. You are very creative when you are attempting to be, but their opinion shouldn't matter. You know, it's about you. I did a podcast yesterday. Here's a visual for it. Maybe you could use in your work. Talking about those formative years, you know, the teenagehood and early twenties, where people are trying to find out who they're going to be in this world. Right? It's sort of a tumultuous time. Who am I? And they're trying to figure it out. And as you know from our last discussion, I'm a big love versus fear guy. So you, I, I see it as as you're trying to discover that you're walking up a mountain and you're filling up your love bucket or your fear bucket. And as you get to the top of your mountain, it's like, you're, you're, it's like the Statue of Liberty. You're putting your light up in the sky and it's either going to be very bright or very dim, depending on how much love and fear you have in your life. And you're broadcasting your why. You're broadcasting your personal brand, you know, much like you do in business. This sort of came to me in a discussion with some of my customers just before Thanksgiving. I started developing that visual in my head. And the episode goes on from there with other concepts. But I don't think people understand that as you're going through that process, you're developing your why and you're going to broadcast that to the world. Much like a company develops its why and it's going to put the light up, right? With its marketing efforts and everything and say, this is what we're all about. So do you start your businesses from scratch or do you look for candidates for investment or purchase or what's your methodology in building your businesses?
1: Yeah. So I have a wide array of different strategies. You know, some of them, you know, I have, I do some real estate stuff and I do some of that on my own some of my other businesses i've started from scratch with a partner some of my other businesses i i bring in you know kind of some experience and sit on the board others i invest in them and so it's all you know it's all a little different but again my my focus is kind of the startup phase and and to the point where they're really starting to grow you know d- doubling in size year over year most of my companies do you know that's their target. And so I've I've done a mix. I'm really passionate about working with people. And so I I, I mentioned earlier that I recently launched a digital marketing agency. And okay. so I partnered with a technical ex I, I don't have those skills in terms of the actual marketing, the you know pay-per-click or you know the SEO. So I partnered with somebody that brought those to the table. And so so partnerships have worked really well for me. And what what I'm looking for at this stage in my career is I provide the framework and I'm looking for somebody that wants to go through the, the hustle aspect of it, mm-hmm. make it a hundred percent of what they they're working on and they're focused on. But you know, I'm I, I just I just love business and I don't really niche into anything because I think part of me, you know, says at, at, at my core, I'm an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur can create any type of business. It doesn't matter, but I definitely have my skill set for sure. And I wanted to say something about, we we're talking about creativity just a bit ago. And you mentioned that, you know, there's people out there that say they're not creative. And you know what's funny is that I used to be that type of person, right? I'm a very linear thinker. and And I stopped saying that because I am a very creative person. I'm just not the, I'm not a painter right i'm Mm -hmm. not the guy that's gonna that's gonna come up with this incredible work of art from nothing that's not who i am but do i create absolutely and i think you hit the nail on the head when you said that everybody we have something innate about us we like to organize things we like to you know i i look at builders there's a lot of building going on in my neighborhood and and man those guys are creating something that's wonderful but they mean they may tell you hey I'm not a creative person and and they're they're wrong about that but I just kind of wanted to to mention that I, I really like that.
0: No, I think you I think you're spot on because everybody thinks of the arts when you say they're creative it's the arts right whether you're a painter or a photographer like myself you can exactly. see see my work behind me here. Um, yeah you know those art arts are visual things but the, the reality is people are creating all the time creating businesses An architect like you said creates homes at least from a design perspective and the contractor comes in and gets to the little details and be might be creative in a particular situation, go, yeah, this plan's deficient, right? In this little area, I'm going to be creative and sort of fix it or something of that nature. So absolutely, that's part of what I try to do in my coaching with people is to try and pull that out of them. Say, yeah, absolutely. Creative, and get them to sort of look at it, look at creativity with a different lens from that perspective, because if you don't have that, you're going to have a difficult time ju- seeing how you c- bring value to relationships, to businesses, to life. Uh, in hundred
1: percent, hundred percent, and and I'm I consider myself a great problem solver, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, you got to be creative. You got to think outside the box. You have to, you know, you have to balance in some situations the emotional aspect of the problem with the, the practical Mm -hmm. um, aspect of it. And, and so, so I, I definitely agree being an entrepreneur is it's literally a creative process, you know, that, that again, going back to my why that's a huge reason why I do it is I have a passion for there just being, you know, these these tangible resources and me going through the process usually with a business partner of organizing them into something that creates value for the economy.
0: So if uh if a person was keen on starting the business, what do you what do you feel like are the important first steps for them? You know, you sort of touched upon got to find the why mm-hmm. of why mm-hmm. you're doing it. But beyond that, what do you think are some key important items for their success in starting it would be?
1: Yeah. So yeah, got to get that why and the vision for the company in place, but then you're going to, you're going to run into some practical issues, right? You can't be just be daydreaming all day. And so we've got to talk money. We've got to talk. All right. Number one, what's, what's the source of your capital. And then number two, what's a budget going to look like to get to revenue and then number three, how are we going to get revenue? Right? So, so, so understanding that aspect, I think would be, you know, super early on, if not step number two, after finding your why focusing on what, what the vision is and the vision is going to change and your goals are going to change. And, you know, I always tell people, I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I live in Las Vegas, right? I'd be at the sports book all day, Yeah. but, but, but you, you put your foot, you, you know, you, you, plant your foot in the ground and you kind of pivot around that. But but getting the financial uh, aspect figured out, deciding um, upon a team, whether those are investors, partners, employees, contractors, who are you going to surround yourself with that, you know, is going to help you build the company. And then just kind of going from. I don't know.
0: I don't know if your experience is like mine, but you look at that list you just listed one, two, three. I find that people want to reverse that order. You know when they when their their first thought is product service I want to bring it bring in this money, sell this product or service. And to your point, they they don't look or don't start with the expense side. In terms of what's it going to cost me just to put a shingle on the door to say I'm in business, and then what what are your monthly, yearly, you know, operating costs and so forth. Mm-hmm that helps then drive your decision about what kind of revenues do I need to make a profit? If I have a certain profit target and I truly understand what my expenses are, then I know I need these revenues and that's going to start driving my sales process in terms of how much do I need in leads? What's my sales success going to be out of those leads? So enough business drops through to hit that revenue target. That's going to cover the expenses and meet my profit target. They just want to flip that around. What has your experience been?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. And I, and I get that to some extent. And I, I used to think like that, but you, you, you really have to have things in order. Now you do, you do need to get to revenue depending on, you know, how long of a runway you have, you know, I, as i mentioned i invest in companies meaning some somebody's pitching me tomorrow about what looks like a very promising concept but one of my questions is going to be you know how how are we getting to revenue and how long is it going to take us to get there and a lot of times you know that's not you know the 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 focus sometimes and and that's one thing that i'm able to bring is kind of this outside perspective of you know some somebody that's kind of gone through the the incorrect thought processes, the, the, you know, ones that didn't pan out.
0: So what would you say are the, and I'll pick a number, two, three, four important or main things that would determine the success of an entrepreneur in terms of qualities, knowledge, training, mm-hmm. any of those type categories, what do you feel like are the three three or so, you know, pick, pick the number you want to do, Excess factors.
1: Yeah, that is a great question. N- number one has got to be tenacity. Number one has to be this tenacity slash self-confidence slash never give up attitude with, and that has to be rooted in some higher why it really does. That's the only way to, to have kind of this tenacious attitude of I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to figure it out. And I don't care how many times I'm going to get punched in the face. I'm going to keep trying. So that's, that's number one.
0: Yeah. Fall uh, off your horse and get back up again.
1: Because it's going Try. to happen.
0: You're not and a failure I tell you know, stop trying, right?
1: Exactly. Yep. You ha- Exactly. You haven't failed until you quit. So, so that's gotta be number one. Number two, I think would be, you know, and after that, everything else seems so less, so much less important. But number two would probably be, you know, this 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 desire to change and evolve, being okay with um, being wrong, and and just figuring things out. But I, I think that's huge. I think if if you want a, a real mirror, a real look into who you are, start a business. <laughs> get into a long-term relationship with somebody yeah. or start a business and yeah. you will find out who you are. I used to think that I was I was so good with people. I was so approachable. People would just come and tell me all these things and and I realized that I was I was too intense and I, you know, I intimidated people. And so I have I've had to kind of work on that. So number 2 would be kind of this, you know, openness and an entrepreneur has to be open to change. And and along with that an entrepreneur's ceiling the ceiling for their business and their business endeavors is going to is going to be it's going to correspond with their personal ceiling an entrepreneur will never reach the status in business that that is beyond their personal development so so mm-hmm. number 2 would include that personal development mm-hmm. slash change aspect and number 3 i think would be are you a leader do do you are you the type of person that other people want to be like, and there's going to be some discipline in, in that num- number three also.
0: Yeah. How, how are you in the face of crisis? Exactly. Right. Le- leadership, leadership's not easy. You're going to run into situations you really don't want to be in. And Exactly. And you stand in that fire, or stand in that hurricane and with some self-confidence and, and help to get yourself or, or yourself and your team through it.
1: Exactly. And, 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 even one step further, not complain about it. Cause, cause I tell you what, they don't care. Yeah. Your employee, they don't care. They don't care that you just had the worst day of your life. Nope. All they want to know is if they can go home five minutes early. So you have to stand in that fire. I love that analogy. You stand mm-hmm. in that fire and you smile, you act like everything's okay. It reminds me I fly quite a bit and I was on a flight five or six years ago and a flight attendant was walking right down the middle aisle and i was kind of looking at her and all of a sudden some crazy heavy unexpected turbulence like there was no turbulence she was she was just walking my and she almost went down like i think she might have like fallen on the ground and she like kind of caught herself and i I watched her face i wanted to see how she responded and she's just like oh and just kind of this smile on her face and um like oh that was a little bump and everybody else is like grabbing on white knuckle right But I looked at her and she was like, oh, no big deal. And as an entrepreneur and, you know, with that third, that third quality, you gotta, you you gotta maintain that. And that is how you earn respect from people in the face of disaster. What seems to be disastrous, you're calm, cool, and collected, right? You're like, I've been here. This is, you know, is, does it suck? Yeah, it sucks but we're going to get
0: through it. Well, everybody wants to get through it. Everybody wants to get to a better spot and they're looking upon you as the one with the accountability and authority and responsibility yeah. to, to get us as a group out of it. Absolutely. That's your job. That's your title. That's what they pay you the big, exactly. for. And can you, can you withstand it? And all, all the more reason why you have put, and I, I I agree with you put number one is the why, because the why's can help you to, push through it to lead, lead through it when you're standing in the fire.
1: That's the thing is that that's when that why comes in really, really handy. When when you think the plane's going down and you're like, Hey, why am I doing this in the first place? Hmm. You know, back it up to, you know, what, what your purpose is. And, you know, I think if you, if you think about your why in the middle of that, you're standing in the fire, you think about your why, you take a couple of deep breaths and you realize, you know, we are going to get through this. It just makes it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, you're you're in the first first year, you know, difficult part of a startup and you didn't hit, hit sales like you wanted to in a particular month. And all of a sudden you've got payroll issues and you've got to stand in, exactly. in front of your employees exactly. and go, um, not going to be able to make payroll. Hope you'll stay on, you know. This is our why, this is what we're, our mission, what we're trying to do. And I hope you'll walk through the fire with me, but we're going to get there. We, you know, we had a bump in the road and yeah, you know, let's get it done and and we'll figure it out together. Exactly. So we mentioned both, both of us are Simon Sinek fans and he has Mm -hmm. a book called, um, the infinite and finite games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: that platform, which leads me to a question for you and, and how you feel about what an end goal should be for an entrepreneur. So most common answer is going to be well to make money, dummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that perspective. And yes, that that's that's in there. but is there some something bigger in life in that for as an end goal for an entrepreneur in your opinion?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to to be honest with you, I don't think money is ever the end goal. Money is always means to an end. It's it's always what does that money do? If even if that is their goal. And so I help people kind of drill down on that. And I and and so I'll say, okay, so you want to make money. Of course, you have to make money, otherwise the business, you know, doesn't, doesn't exist, right? You have to be able to pay your people and your vendors. But money is not an end it is a means to an end it's a tool and so some view. people exactly so what's the end well I want you know I, I grew up poor and you know i I feel better and my spouse feels better when we have a certain mon- certain amount of money in in our account okay well then what you, what you're talking about is security it's a hmm. feeling you know you want to feel safe you want to feel secure or whatever it is that the money does, but, and studies show that money's not a great motivator anyway. People, the, they did a study and they found out that, you know, people rated money as the number one motivator through a survey. Then they actually tested it to test performance. And they found out that it was two or three down the list, four even in some cases, in terms of determining what is going to affect performance. But, you know, I, I think it it's not easy to spend time working toward our why and i think in some cases finding our why is is a little bit of a journey and it and it and it's an evolution too it changes over time but the rewards are everything if you start with a why and you start with a vision you will make money there is no doubt if you start with a why and you start doing things in a way that that you're comfortable with and that you believe in the money will come And it might take a while, but it will come. There is no question about that. If you start focused on the money, the why may never come. And if you focus on the money too much, you might end up making decisions that jeopardize all sorts of things, including the status of your company.
0: Yeah. When people ask me about what my definition of success is, I say it's living my why out loud. So love that you you might know your why it may be in your head, but if you don't live a life that shows others, that's what your why is, or you don't talk about it in In other words, if the why is a light and you stick a bucket over the top of it, then, then I would say you're not going to make any money on down the road because you're not sharing it with the, the world. You're not allowing it to drive your decisions and you're not communicating it. So, to me, it's kind of twofold. One, you got to know your why, and then two, you got to go live it out loud. So the world, exactly. you know, going back to earlier about that, you know, Statue of Liberty with a light shine yep. in the world for everybody to see. So Alan, it's been a distinct honor and privilege to have you on this podcast. I can't thank you enough for, for taking time out of your life to come do this with us and share your knowledge and, experience with the listening audience of the generate your value podcast where where can people find you get a hold of you connect with you in the best way
1: yeah i'm I'm all over social media Uh, my website is alandraper.com. there you can schedule you know a time to chat with me about your my my podcast is the business growth pod it's on all major platforms yeah i'm not a hard guy to find and you know I, I'm really trying to help build the next generation of, of millionaires. That's that's another one of my whys. Is I'm trying to to help people accomplish some of the things that I've been blessed enough to accomplish, and and so I'd love for them to reach out to me and and ask me questions or just let me know how I can help.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that you said that your why is building. For for me, it's the word service. How can I be of service to the world? So. Yeah, I would probably put building number number two from that perspective. You know, people ask me what I do for a living. I say I um, build people and I build businesses, you know, maybe not myself, but helping others to do that. Right. Help them sure. find their why and then help them to go find, you know, build the businesses just like you do. So here here on the Generate Your Value podcast, we always end up an interview or a special guest on our podcast with one question, and there's no right or wrong answer to this question. And that question, Mm -hmm. what do the words generate your value mean to you?
1: Yeah, to me, the word that, that that makes me think of is legacy. And it's something that I've been thinking of over the last couple of years is when, when I'm no longer on this planet, or I, when I'm somewhere else, what did my time here mean to other people? And, and it's something that I'm focused on. So to me, it's, it's legacy. It, how, how do I make an impression and impact the lives of others long after I'm gone? And I think money is a tool to do that, but I think pushing, motivating and educating people is is a much stronger and longer lasting tool for that.
0: Yeah, I love your answer. It reminds me, I think it's Maya Angelou that made the statement that what people remember about you, if they're at your funeral or your memorial service or whatever, then what they remember the most is how you made them feel. Exactly. And... Legacy, you might you might use that tool and leave a building or something behind as a legacy, but I think the more impactful one is how you impacted their lives and how you made them feel. So I absolutely love your answer. Great. Perspective. So once again, Alan, thanks for coming on. Thank you to the listening audience for joining in uh, today on our episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. We hope You took away some snippets of things that help generate value in your life. Use them to change your life in such a way that you're out there generating value in the world. And that's why we're here on this podcast today. So once again, greatly uh, appreciate you tuning in today. Share it with those that you think might take some nuggets away from it as well. And we hope you have a great week, a great day. And if you're in the United States, have a great holiday season coming. Same for you, Alan. Likewise. Have a great holiday season a safe and happy one uh, with your family. So with that, once again, thanks for joining in, and everybody take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode.
2: You can find me online on Instagram, at thefitrepreneur.com. Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my
0: coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms.
2: Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.